Good evening, and welcome to Those Canadian Lads podcast. Tonight, we're going to enter the political arena to discuss multiple interesting topics that you may or may not find interesting. Our last episode, we covered many topics like Baby Butter, Rod Stewart, Little Kim, collapsing on stage. Both of these both of these stories ended the same way, with a stomach bump. These conspiracies sat on the false side of the truth. These poor entertainers have been stained with the false truths made up by teenage boys with extremely vivid imaginations. Tonight, we will focus our efforts on all the interesting developments in our current political environment. Things are going swimmingly, don't you think? As you may notice, many of our recent episodes have been deemed shit shows by the hosts. (laughs) I can clearly assure you, the fine listener, that this episode will also be a shit show. Why not? Let's have some fun with the topic of the day. The topics we will cover tonight will be politics. We will rehash some conspiracy. And we'll dabble a little bit in social media. So join us on this intellectual journey of topics of which we are not experts on. And let's kick off episode 12 of Those Canadian Lads podcast. Jeff, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm wonderful, Brad. And yourself? I'm doing pretty good. And we got a special guest tonight, uh, Bo from Saskatchewan, our, our contributor. He's going to be joining us a little later in the podcast uh, to kind of dive into some topics uh uh, Politico. I do. I like that. I like that. Bo is just going to get relegated to Bo from Saskatchewan. It couldn't possibly be Bo, family man. Bo, blah, blah, blah. but no, Bo from Saskatchewan. Bo, um, leader of men. Leader of men. Yeah, exactly. I do. I do. Uh, I do have to say a good job on that Alfred Hitchcockian uh, introduction there. That was very calm, collected. I, I felt the chill coming out of the screen while you were doing it. So, uh, well done. Well, let me say something. The most talked about topic of our podcast last week is the term baby butter. Some people know what it is. Some people don't. And uh, it definitely created some intrigue around our our uh, podcast last week. I, I think, in all honesty, I assumed that was just a term that everybody had grown up with. I really didn't think there was a possibility that you wouldn't have known what I was talking about but I, I guess it's the same thing is it's like are you going to say that men and women both have a taint or is it just men have a taint because who knows what we're going to define this to be right <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> we're three minutes into this podcast and we've all already gone off the rails yeah, well, it's it's probably a good probably a good thing before we actually get into uh, the topic of the day in regards to uh, having our guests come on and uh, enlighten us on some ideas. Not the topic du jour. I do need to top, talk about the topic du jour before we kind of move into the next steps into the evening's uh, topics. But uh, you need to go check out on uh, Twitter, a uh, social media platform if you didn't know. Uh, there was a UFO spotted and filmed by... Pakistani uh, pilots, uh, airline pilots, uh, very clear video of a shiny object flying in the airspace. Uh, the one thing that I've been told through the Twitterverse is that they're trying to say that it's the International Space Station. 
it's not the International Space Station. So I, it's in clear daylight, it's blue skies, it's big, and uh, you need to check this out. I will have to check that out. I I am woefully uh, disappointed in myself that I am not up to date on my UFO news, apparently. I, I have not heard that story. I'm going to be digging into that immediately. It only broke yesterday. It only broke yesterday, so don't don't beat yourself up. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try to flog myself before I go to bed tonight. Okay. <laughs> so, how you doing, Jeff? Is is everything going well in your in your world? Everything is adequate, as uh, as everybody around the planet knows. We are we are affected by COVID. Work's affected. Uh, going out is affected. Um, I'm not entirely sure if I brought it up on the last podcast, but. I, I'd seen a commercial for people enjoying a burger and a beer in a uh, a pub restaurant, and I am, it is eating away at me. I don't want to bring my food home. I want to go enjoy a burger at a at a restaurant. I'm done. Oh, just the social aspect of sitting down, having an adult cocktail, um, eating you know a, a meal in front of other people that's not your you know family, you know oh. that you live with. You know, it's uh, just even sitting up, up at the bar, watching a hockey game, you know, talking to the guy next year, right? Like, that's, oh, I miss that. Absolutely. Like, I, I think we're all kind of, it's funny, in one breath, I, I'm i not really the most social person. I, I know I have family members who will refer to me as Grumpy Jeff, and I'm not here to argue with them because they're right. But I, there is there is just kind of a being out and about that I am currently missing that, you know, I, I would like to go go do that, but truth be told, um, currently, uh, I know this is this is easy for you, and you you've already lived a good chunk of your life like this. But I am just wrapping up dry January, um, something that I hadn't really done uh, in a quite a long time in regards to abstaining for an extended period. Um, I'm not a raging alcoholic, dear listener. I'm just a normal alcoholic, but I will say that. Um, uh, it it has been a good reset in regards to having a casual beer while watching an Oilers game. Obviously, there was no Oilers games in December, so it was easy to avoid a few bunch of things. But but no, um, uh, for those who who are ever considered doing like a thirty day period or a dry January and just kind of avoiding things, and I'll go back to Brad's uh, wonderful discipline that he had from September to December, and you know abstaining from sugar and you know taking care of his what he was putting in his body. It's a, it's a great reset for your mind and uh, you feel pretty good at the end of the day for it. You know, that being said, you know, we talk about alcohol. I have not had a alcoholic beverage since September. Oh, I, I, I listen mine. I think Monday's the first I'm not in Monday. I probably won't have anything. It'll probably get closer to the weekend when I get to finally break out a nice ball of wine uh, I can guarantee there will be a nice IPA and an old fashioned enjoyed during the Super Bowl when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, ah, claim yeah. the Super Bowl. Yes, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, I've known you a very long time. You are a super fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why? I do not know. Why. <laughs> um, that's a pretty rando team to be a fan of, though I can vouch for you. Uh, meeting you over 20 years ago, you did, were rocking a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey. So you have been a loyal fan of that club. Uh, your thoughts on the big uh, championship win against the Green Bay Packers over the weekend? Your Tom Brady uh, is going to his 10th Super Bowl. 
It, it was uh, it was a wonderful Sunday. I will definitely say that. As um, in all honesty, uh, I am a betting man. I was not going to put any money on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win that game. I honestly thought Green Bay would pull that out, especially with the home field. But it is, it is obviously as a long-suffering fan and as Oilers fans, we can. It relates to this as well. But you go this long without any success, and for the Bucs, it was 13 years without a playoff experience. Uh, the last playoff win was, in fact, the Super Bowl. So it was quite a while ago. So no, it, it's definitely refreshing as a fan, and quite I never had any um, aspirations that they were going to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. But I am definitely enjoying the ride. I do have one thing to say though. I've had a lot of friends. Uh, I've had casual people, and I hear it in the media every day. Oh, I was a Patriots fan, or I'm a Tom Brady fan, and oh, I just really hope the Buccaneers win. Screw you. I have been suffering with this team. I pay to watch this team. I have paid to watch this team for a long time. Why? Because I'm an idiot. But all of a sudden you go, oh, well, I'm cheering for the Bucks. Screw you. That's an insult to me as a fan. I have died watching this team get crushed 12 games a year for as long as I can remember. So I'm enjoying it. You don't enjoy it. Okay, one, I enjoyed it. Um, I did sit down. Uh, I don't currently watch the NFL a lot, and uh, I'm a big sports guy, but the NFL hasn't been my jam. I'm more of a three-down football guy, uh, but uh, I watched the game. I, I actually got a chance to uh, sneak down to the basement and watch uh, all four quarters of a football game in, uninterrupted, and uh, I, I liked what I saw. I saw a 43-year-old Tom Brady uh, the greatest of all time and that position um, work his magic essentially uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm rooting for your team Jeff I'm hoping they pull through they're gonna you're going old school new school with uh, Patrick Mahomes and uh, and Tom Brady against each other it's actually a quite an intriguing storyline uh, for a Super Bowl but uh, uh, I, I'm not an expert I don't follow the NFL that much but I do have to say that uh, it's amazing to watch somebody at their craft, uh, you know, at 43, um, you know, come into the league uh, as he did uh, as not a favorite as not, you know, somebody who is going to be touted as the next Joe Montana. And uh, he surpassed Joe Montana and there's going to be nobody, nobody. Oh, like, the opportunity to the grow that many Super Bowls, that many playoffs—it's it, impossible. Um, I obviously, I, I think Tom probably really appreciates that every time the playoff rolls around, they show that picture of him shirtless at the combine where he looks like a stick man. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I know. I saw that the other day, and I'm like, okay, this guy's the greatest of all time. That's amazing. The one thing that really cemented me, just as you know, I watched it. He—he's savoring the moment. Um, after they won the game, he, he ran over to the sidelines. His son was at the game and, uh, he needed to connect with him after the game. I'm like, man, that's a pure dad moment. Like people say like, oh, he's a bad guy. He supported Trump and all that. But right there, I'm like, that's, that cemented with me. I'm like, that's a guy who loves his family. That's a guy who, you know, uh, the biggest smile on his face. And he wanted to share that moment with his son. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was definitely a good scene, and uh, I I know nobody nobody hates the worst person uh, in a league. Like people dislike Peyton Manning, people dislike Wayne Gretzky. It's because they're fantastic at their jobs. It, th that's what it is. Everyone tries to chop down who is better at us at what they do, but 
you know, last week we did talk about the the positivity that we want to bring into the 21, I think, as you put it. And, you know, there's inspirational stories all around us. And I know it's weird to say, like, well, look at this um, extremely well-paid athlete and uh, the life he's created for himself by throwing a football around. But you can say, look at Tom Brady's story and go, yeah, look at this guy was not well-touted coming out of college. Uh, I think when he first arrived on the Patriots, he may have been the fourth uh, quarterback, if, if possibly the third. He gets himself into the game, succeeds for his whole career, and plays until he's 43. And he's, I know his goal is to play until he's 45. That's, that's a story on somebody dedicated to his craft and taking care of himself. And we can all look at that for inspiration. I, it's a good story regardless of your thoughts on Tom Brady. No, absolutely. And, and winning away from Bill Belichick, getting the Super Bowl away from essentially that storyline for, for Tom Brady uh, just cements him that it was all Tom. You know, to well, me, it, that just, it, it, yeah, there's, there's the team around him you know, the players that, that were brought in with the Patriots, things like that. But uh, the quarterback is the best uh, player on the field. If he's not the best player on the field, um, you're not going to win any football game in the NFL or in the wonderful Canadian Football League. Absolutely. That hopefully will return. I do have a question yeah, for you. I do have a question in regards to the CFL for you, but I do, as I mentioned, I'm a betting man. Um, this Super Bowl is going to be, I think the line is 52, maybe it's 57. Uh, if you're a fan of offensive football, you're going to probably see a high scoring game. I think it's going to be entertaining for the casual fan. Um, so if, uh, if you're interested, tune in, it's going to be great. But turning our attention to the CFL really quickly before we get into uh, our conversation with Bo, uh, your thoughts on the Edmonton football team losing their head coach before a down is even played. <laughs> okay, so here's my take. Uh, Scott Milanovic, uh, good, pretty touted coach in the CFL. He's had some success mm-hmm. uh, with the Toronto Argonauts. Um, how do you blame a guy? You know, uh, they, they didn't play a down this year. You know, the CFL isn't, you know, paying their coaches millions of dollars a year to, to coach their teams. Um, if he, he obviously were, was brought an opportunity to him to at least interview or be aligned with a, a, an NFL coaching gig, be it, you know, offensive coordinator or whatever, or maybe head coach even, who knows? Uh, but he's going to be the QB coach for the Indianapolis Colts. There you go. Good gig you know, with a, with a, with a great franchise. So, you know, you, you can't blame him. And if you blame him for trying to make a living for his family, it just COVID man, COVID times. And it's things aren't normal. Things have changed. Things are going to keep changing for the way we view sports, the way we interact with sports. Um, I just really hope we can get this bloody vaccine into our arms or eyeballs or whatever they're going to put it. Um, and so we can get out there and start enjoying the things that we love again. And for me, it is sports. I can't wait to take my family to Commonwealth Stadium and uh, get them the experience of, a, of an Edmonton football team uh, football game. Uh, and I can't wait till they release a name because that's awkward to say and uh, terrible. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a name getting thrown on there as well. But no, I, I couldn't agree with you anymore. Uh, quite frankly, uh, Scott's... Got to go out and earn for his family, earn for his own livelihood, probably his own peace of mind as well. And if an opportunity comes along where you get to go coach in the NFL and the Colts are going to be moving on to a new quarterback with Philip Rivers retiring, 
uh, whether it be Brissett or they draft somebody, he's going to have the opportunity to help mold a career. And I think if you're a coach in any capacity, that's probably what you're hoping to do. You're hoping to make another individual better than they once were. So uh, I wish him all the best. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, to get into some further uh, conversations about uh, our local football team and the league that I know you uh, you have interest in, in the sense that oh. you have gone to multiple Grey Cups and things like that. So uh, I'm excited to talk a little bit about the uh, the Canadian Football League on those Canadian Lads uh, podcasts. But Jeff, we really need to segue. Bo is waiting in the wings. Uh, we need to get going on the uh, Politico uh, uh, topic at hand, the political rodeo episode of those Canadian lads. Is there anything you want to touch on before we bring Bo into the conversation? No, let's do it. All right, let's move on. Let's bring Bo into the conversation. Bo, welcome to those Canadian lads podcast. Of course, episode 12, the political rodeo. I need, need to touch on something before we start. So Bo was last on on episode six, so we can obviously expect him back on episode 18. But let's just uh, let's, let's just note on something here. So wait, wait, wait. So if it goes in divisions of six, are we saying that Bo is six, six, six? The devil. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. So we're going to give Bo some props here. So uh, episode six is currently our most listened to episode. So, Bo, congratulations. You're on the most listened to episode of those Canadian Lads podcast. Well, thanks, Brad and Jeff. I'm glad to be back. And, uh, you know, episode six was, what, mid-December. Lots has happened since we've had that episode. Uh, you know, we got a new president down south, and uh, we're, we're still in the thick of COVID. Uh, just lots going on, lots to talk about tonight, and I, I'm pumped to be back. So, well, you know, you say something interesting. You say we have a new president. We aren't currently a part of the United States. Of <laughs> well, so you're kind point. of showing your cards a little bit tonight, Bo Johnston. That's Oops, right. I shouldn't say last name. <laughs> Someone's got a new president. We yeah, we still have the same government we always did. But but I obviously like I think we have to give props to Bo for the increased uh, listenership. Uh, obviously, you have lots of friends and family that care about what you have to say, Bo. So yeah, thank you for turning them on to the podcast. So Bo. Just a question to you before we kind of get rolling on the topics. What kind of feedback were you getting? And when can we expect the uh, the Sasky Roundtable podcast invite? Well, uh, the feedback was good. I actually had quite a few people I know that listened to it. They enjoyed the podcast. They actually, uh, I, I don't think I had a negative feedback on any of it. I think everyone liked it and enjoyed it. Uh, as far as my podcast, um, it's a good question. You know, I, I ever since just after uh, Christmas here, I've just been kind of a bit more trying to check out a bit. So that podcast, it, it should still happen. I'm just not quite where I need to be yet. I want to, I want to just kind of get through these winter months, get a little more refreshed with spring. And then uh, maybe this ASCII round table fires up. That sounds like a good excuse. And uh, you're just delaying the inevitable. So <laughs> possibly, possibly. <laughs> so, Tonight is the political rodeo. It's our second uh, part of this uh, this series that we seem to have every six episodes. So uh, maybe we'll tie the devil into the uh, the the series six, like Jeff mentioned earlier. But uh, uh, I'm excited to talk tonight. Obviously, we we touched on conspiracies last go around on those Canadian lads, but uh, I think you know there's a real nice connection. Obviously, uh, tying in politics, conspiracies. 
uh, and a lot of crazy, crazy stuff going on in the world these days. So, um, you know, maybe let's get started with some of the topics uh, that we want to cover. Um, I'll get started, to be honest with you, because I've got some notes taken down here. And uh, one of the things I wanted to touch on is uh, a, a, a news story that I think all three of us have seen, but uh, uh, Rebel News reporter Keenan Bexit or Bexty or whatever his name is, uh, he was visited by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police um, at his home in Calgary because uh, he uh, would release some sensitive documents related to COVID-19 that, from what he says, embarrasses the Prime Minister of Canada. Now, maybe I'll let Jeff jump in here first. Jeff, you watched that video. You kind of took a look at what I was sending you there the other night. What's your thoughts? Well, I'm going to I'm going to back up a little bit cuz I I'm not going to play my hand necessarily yet because I know that's what you're after here, but but I I guess the first question um I'll I'll ask you guys to elaborate upon the story, upon the video, the generality of it from what I watched and saw was uh this reporter for Rebel Media had released a Department of Defense memo uh effectively from January 22nd, 2020 saying that um the armed forces that traveled to Wuhan, China and participated in the military games were potentially exposed to the COVID virus. Uh, nothing too shocking there. Uh, and then because of that release of information, uh, he was visited by the RCMP, uh, who more or less said to him, uh, be careful what you're putting out there. Is, is that a fair assessment of what the story is? pretty close yeah I, I, okay. I don't I mean they're yeah in general that's that's it he, he didn't do anything illegal I don't think uh, is what I understood it was the information was given to him uh, you know from from the government from a request he put it out there and according to Kean the RCMP showed up and and basically said uh, you know just be careful now Brad I, I think you've seen the video would, would you add any to that or so I was actually quite more taken with the memo and, and what it says, you know, in the sense that the, the government knew about this corona, coronavirus uh, before March. Um, they, they had obviously Canadian soldiers exposed to it uh, in 2019. Um, Jeff's giving me a look there. Uh, <laughs> I think but the timelines, I think the timelines a little off, man. I don't know if it is or not that, that states 2019. They were there for some like world uh, games, uh, Patriot games or whatever they're called. Um, and, and then these people were exposed to it. And we continued to have borders open. We continued to allow the China virus, which is now banned in the United States uh, by President Joe Biden, the term, because um, it's racist. Uh, so, uh, but well, it did originate well, there. Brad, I think you touched on something really critical there. Not only whether that's true or not, that they were infected with the China virus, but the, the intentions. <laughs> that COVID-19. I was COVID COVID-19. But, but at the end of the day, you're right. China flights didn't stop. The border never, ever closed from Wuhan. There was flights coming in the whole time, the whole time, the whole time. There's never been a shutting of the flights. Um, uh, you know, so, and I would agree with you, Brad. I think the timeline is uh, very questionable. Okay. So I'll, I'll bring up my thoughts on the timeline. You're saying that the Canadian government acknowledged the coronavirus in March. Well, I can speak from personal. Things wrapped up in March. I'm not saying they acknowledged it in March, but they, it, that's when everything started to, to really ramp up, right? 
Well, I'm going to go on a little bit of personal history. And you're right, there was a ramping up period about this. But when I traveled to Hawaii on February 8th last year, I was asked if I'd been to China in the last two weeks. So this yeah, wasn't I traveled on, through the country as well. I know, but that's what, I, but that's what I'm saying, though. It wasn't on the radar in March, and governments have already acknowledged they knew in October and November. So it's just like, oh, no, a Canadian memo from January 22nd? Well, yeah, we already were in the... We already knew about it. It was well, well advertised. I well, I, I, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the argument is. I, I think the argument here is uh, we. I agree. I think the Canadian government and a lot of these governments knew about it months before it was uh, ever even really told to the people. Yeah, and we. I, I, I think it, is it fair to say that we all agree that the, probably no government knew what they were up against when it came to this. Well, all depends, uh, Jeff. If you want to pretend that everyone's playing legit, or if you want to tie this to the, <laughs> if you want to tie this to the to the the Great Reset, then they obviously knew exactly what they were doing. So it depends now where you want to spend it. Somewhere, now okay. we're getting somewhere. We're getting to that place where I want to be tonight. Yeah, and it's like we've got some factual documents. Now we're tying it to that that conspiracy theory in the Great Reset, and. You know, it's it's interesting these topics. Though so I'm going to I'm going to say this: the Rebel News. I know, Bo, you believe in it. You think it's a well. I if I could give my two cents on Rebel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I personally like Rebel. I know that they come across a bit uh, brash and a bit to the right, but I do believe Rebel um, is giving us the other side of the story. Uh, and I mean, uh, you know, just like any media now, it, it has its bias, but here in Canada, we are starved, absolutely starved of the other side of the story. And, uh, I think Ezra and the rebel right now, we need them more than ever. I mean, yeah. Is every story perfect? Maybe not. Is every, you know, is every reporter for the rebel, the best to watch? No, but in general, I think the rebel is needed today more than it has ever been needed and true north is the same and uh, post millennial is the same these these um independent uh medias to me are uh there and trudeau's coming for them he is coming for them. these 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 medias may not even be here in 6 months you can see he's coming for them he wants them shut down they're a direct threat to that narrative of the government and uh there's no question Ezra uh true north uh, all those alter, uh, private entities, they're in trouble. Well, it's no, it's, it, it can't be disputed. Like uh, an outlet like the CBC definitely spews a left-wing, you know, agenda on a nightly basis, you know, uh, watching a lot of the stuff come through in our own country, took a backseat to the insurrection in the States, um, you know, Rosie Barton on the, you know, nightly news would like wait for the five, six, seventh news story to like jump into actual Canadian, you know, news topics. And, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. They'd rather, you know, touch on Donald Trump and, um, you know, what's going on there. But that being said, back to the rebel uh, information, it's interesting you say that. Like, I I've done some research. I've kind of went back throughout, you know, some of their articles and news stories. Something that just really strikes me is that they are showing things that are very eye-opening in the sense of why is the mainstream media that we see uh, out there not reporting on this? And, you know, I'll give you an example is the protests in Toronto just this week. A huge, um, huge, huge story. Huge. Huge story. Now, 
I take everything with a grain of salt too. Um, they were reporting one poor guy was getting a sign taken away, but the sign said, uh, uh, Dr. Tam needs some vitamin D. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a little, a uh, little out there, but that being said, you know, we live in a free society, freedom of speech, all this kind of good stuff. So I don't know why he couldn't have that sign on the flip side of it. All the kooks and crazies that are within that group, there are a smattering of people who feel like their rights are being, um, you know, stepped on by the government. And uh, the police did go a little aggressive on there. And I know in Ontario, um, they're very, very um, sensitive right now in regards to their, you know, spike in coronavirus cases and things like that. And they've gone full, um, full lockdown. Um, people are ratting each other out in various communities, their neighbors, their fellow neighbor uh, for, you know, having either somebody visit them or come to their house and, and all that. Right. So going back to the rebel news, um, I, I would tend to agree with you. It's nice to see some independent um, viewpoints, um, just not what we get spewed to us on a nightly basis. So uh, I'm not a hundred percent, you know, saying, Hey, Ezra Levant and uh, Keenet Bextie or whatever his name is are, there are our saviors in regards to giving us the the full story because they definitely lean very right, but well, well, they, Brad, they're giving us images of things that we don't get to see on a nightly basis. Brad, if I could just quickly, I I, I think the CBC, CTV, Global, CNN, all the mainstream is no longer even journalistic news. It's it's just not. If you want to call that journalistic news, it's not. It's just talking points from a script. And, and it's it's the agenda that that the I guess if you want to call it the the propaganda machine for the for the liberal government or uh, that's all it is. It's not there's no news there. It's just scripted talking points. It's all it is. Well, I'm, I'll, ask, I'll ask you guys a question and I, I want to go back really quickly on a point Brad make, made in front of regards to like people are feeling their rights are being trampled on. And obviously here in Alberta, we've had um predominantly in smaller towns in the province, uh, people opening up their restaurants uh, and effectively challenging the status quo when it comes to it. And I, I am, I'm extremely sympathetic to those who, you know, they put their life savings out there, they put their effort forward and they're, they're still out there trying to make a living. So I, I definitely get the frustration and truth be told, if I was running a restaurant or something like that, I, I'm not entirely sure what my course of action would be. Maybe, maybe I would be doing something similar. So I want to touch on this because Okay, you and I, uh, Bo, I'm not sure how big of a sports fan. I know you like the uh, the knuckle chucking uh, yeah. with uh, UFC, the MMA. Yeah. But uh, the NHL has been allowed to operate. Mm-hmm. Um, mega business. Um, junior hockey's coming back. Um, you know, big malls are open. We were in the West Edmonton Mall this weekend. We had to get some stuff for the kids. Stores are open still there. There's a problem here. There's definitely a disconnect with what's going on because some small restaurant in like Two Hills, Alberta or, you know, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, you know, we're doing some pretty big damage to people here and we're allowing the Walmarts and the Costcos, the superstores, they're all profiting hugely. And and Brad, what you're, what you're, what you're pointing out. Keep open. What you're pointing out, Brad, is a direct a direct link to if you want to go back to the the conspiracy side, this this correlates with the Great Reset again. I mean, all directions are pointing towards. Uh, 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 I've said this to you many times. In my 
my opinion, COVID is an engineered crisis. That's it. It's, it, it, it. Does COVID exist? Yes, it probably does. It's a form of a flu. I don't know all the, the science behind it, but it's got a 99.5% survival rate. That's a fact. Maybe you can round it down to 99 if you want. But why? when does it make any sense to completely cripple the entire economy over a virus that has a 99% survival rate? It just doesn't. It just, there's nothing about COVID that adds up. And, and one thing I'd like to touch on, if uh, you know, for you two guys, if, you know, after the podcast, it maybe I wouldn't feel right talking about it on this one just because not everyone's versed on it, but maybe further down the road. And I think we're going to hear about this, the PCR test that, that all these provinces are using to use these numbers. I crawled down a little bit of a rabbit hole just lately because I, you know, I've been reading and, and listening to a lot of experts that aren't getting any mainstream. This PCR test has all sorts of questions and uh, lots of people, there's people, people that were involved with inventing the PCR test have great concerns about the accuracy of it. And this PCR test is being used to determine uh, the numbers of positive positive cases and, and and all these rules are coming off those cases. Well, I, I will touch on that here because Jeff brought up kind of a, a similar topic about, you know, governments didn't know how to handle it. The healthcare system, the testing community, they didn't know how to handle it either. It just came out and hit the world, you know, smack in the face. So it's hard to, I don't know, I have a tough time just with we, we can we can criticize and, and all these kind of things, but it's hard to just throw it out there and say, well, there's an issue with the tests. That makes sense because it's something new. The the science maybe it hasn't caught up to make it, you know, 100%, you know, accurate. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be that devil's advocate a little bit and say, okay, um, they weren't expecting this. Just like how the vaccine rollout is that, that sounds like a road. that sounds like a Dr. Tam answer off the CBC. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> this will give me an excellent opportunity to jump in now. So, um, I, I, Brad brought it up, playing devil's advocate. And truth be told, I'll I'll say my piece, and then I'll get onto the next part that I wanted to ask you guys from the before. But um, you have a situation where uh, we we said we've crippled the economy. The economy is undoubtedly affected by what has taken place here, but. Uh, obviously, uh, places like Walmart, West Hampton Mall, uh, larger, larger, largest business entities are, have been allowed to operate. Is that possible to, just due to the fact that they're the largest employers in the province or either province and they pay the most taxes and that particularly pr uh, protects the government and the province to a certain extent? But, but they also have the most profit. Walmart Walmart can afford to sit. Walmart can afford to uh, shut down. You know they have the the biggest profit margin too. They can they can take on the biggest uh, uh, hit without a major. The small business owner, most of them are month to month. Uh, families are invest. They, they have no sponge to take any kind of damage. Where a Walmart or a Costco, well, I mean. They're, they're those companies, I, I mean, they, well, they can take all sorts of hits. Of course they can. And yeah, I know. And as I said, I, I'm not, I'm not down that. As I said, I, I'm still very sympathetic to the, to the small business. Like uh, I have family members in small business and I, I really, obviously I'm pulling for them to make it out of this as well. But, but as I said, like from a, a generalized population perspective, yeah, they can take the hit, but they're also employing the most people and then allowing those people to pay taxes. And then that company itself generates the most taxes. 
So there, there's a there's a self-serving thing with it, of course, with the government, but the government's always self-serving. But Brad made a good point is why would one just be targeted? Like all jobs are essential. I've heard this multiple times with multiple people. For someone to say your job's not essential, it's essential to you because you can't feed your family. All jobs are essential. Everyone needs a job. I mean, you know, if, if, if just because you uh, are a waitress, but you got three kids at home and we, we take you and we don't give you any supplement of an income and we, we kill your job, well, that, that job's pretty essential to that household. Of course it is. Yeah. And I, I do believe the government should be offsetting those losses. It, that's, that, that's the problem I have is that we're picking and choosing. You know, we got the bloody bachelorette coming to Alberta, taking the entire Jasper Park Lodge for like 90 days, which in, in a good thing, they're going to employ people. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. But on the bad thing, other businesses are still going to suffer in the hotel industry and in the hospitality industry uh, because they're not going to be under a complete you know, bubble, you know, scenario. Right. So I don't know. It just, it doesn't make sense to me that we would shut down every single, you know, restaurant in Alberta or every single, you know, for eat in restaurant, you know what I mean? Like it's some of these places don't have the dishes and DoorDash and all these other places that they can, they can pull on to do takeout restaurants. But you can go and pick it up. Like I said, I don't do skip the dishes because that small business gets hit by skip the dishes. They take fifteen percent, so I go drive and pick it up myself. I, I well, then I'm a monster because I use skip. No, but but that's but that's kind of the point, though. It's just like you're saying, oh well, they can only get their business access this way. That's not true. You can go and get it. I just want to quickly touch on something. So the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in Canada and the Constitution in the United States. I don't know them both to be an expert by any means, but if I know enough in the last, uh, the Charter has totally been stomped out. It, I mean, the Charter is not being looked at at all. The Constitution in the United States, what they did with Trump and Twitter and multiple other things with the election, that thing's been trampled all over. So both both documents with the states in Canada that are there to kind of give us our freedom and our reality of our democracy, they've been chucked out the window. They're, they're not even getting looked at. And when you have uh, Calgary graveling your hockey rinks and, and smashing kids on the hockey rink, this is a, a brutal, a brutal in your face. We, we are in charge mentality. This isn't about uh, uh, a little 90 uh, virus that has, uh, you know, a zero five percent kill rate. I mean, there's something else going on here. When you're graveling all the hockey rinks, that's that, pretty messed up. By the way, they that's did a, and that's a mess. That's a that's a message. That's a that's a message, Brad and Jeff. That's a message to everybody that you know what your charter's gone, your constitution's gone, and 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 uh, the people in power are in power. That this is this is a message. So let, let me ask you a question, Bo. What part of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms has been infringed upon in Canada? Well, like I said, I'm not an expert, but I mean, the Charter, you have the right to assembly. And, and you can see in Toronto, uh, they're ticketing people for assembly. You have the right to do that. You have the r- churches have the right to practice uh, religion. M- Mon- uh, Manitoba has shut all that down. There's multiple things on the Charter that are being infringed. People are being ticketed. Four so things I do, by I do the charter. Up. So, so the, the protests in Toronto and there was also, like there was people getting roughed up quite quite badly actually in that uh, in that protest this week in Toronto. So only a few months ago, um, police in Toronto and police across Canada jo- joined 
mass protests um, for the BLM movement. That's right. Um, taking knees, which I'm 100% for, you know, like uh, nobody was banging them and saying, don't you don't protest, don't do this. You guys are, you know, super spreader events, things like that. Nobody was questioning that. Well, why is one different than the other in the sense of gathering and protesting, uh, you know, what well, I, definitely, I have a definite answer for you. Tell me. Everyone's a political hypocrite. Well, that, 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 that's, that's the right that's answer. The reason, yeah. Like, uh, I'm, I'm going to go back a little bit. Like, I, I did ask Bo what he thought. Now, the, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms does allow for the government to intervene on people's uh, rights to a certain extent as long as they have a plan and an objective in a short-term uh, short None, term of, that, none of that's been done, really. It's just Well, I, you can make an argument that the plan and the objective of stomping out COVID is is there, uh, whether or not you agree it's a good plan. And I could make I could poke holes in it, too. But they have done that. But but the thing is, though, too, is you're right. We we pick and choose where we want to apply whatever rules we have is that there's a political hypocrisy that goes on with this type of stuff. And depending on what side of the fence you want to sit on, chances are you're going to point out the other side's hypocrisy that it comes to. Well, actually, this is this is actually a good lead. I, I kind of wanted to jump into something else off of this lead. You know, um, China is big in the news right now. China seems to be, uh, you know, much like the la last podcast I was on, I highlighted China. China is going to be a big topic for everyone in North America going forward. And and uh, this, this, this COVID, uh, just like you're talking about BLM, uh, uh, all this, all this right, left, right, left, right, left. Uh, this is all just dividing this, this entire, uh, this entire nation to the point where it's tearing it apart. And COVID is just another example of this. Is we, we, when you look around. Um, Jeff, I know from the last part, you're you like to be a centrist. You like to kind of, you know, sit right in the middle. And, and it's very difficult now for anyone to be in the middle, you, you know, just because, and I don't think there's anything wrong with being in the middle. I think we need to get back to the middle, but the way we're being pushed and divided on race and gender and COVID, I mean, I listen to Gormley in the morning. I got people phoning in that are absolutely livid that the, these businesses are getting uh, fined. The next lady calls in and is wild, wants them in jail. There's just, there's just one extreme to the other. There's no middle anymore. And, and it's almost done by design here we're, we're, we're not going to survive long like this well i can i can tell you why i'm i find myself able to kind of sit in the middle is because i have a healthy distrust of everybody and everything i hear so this will lead me to like my question so we're discussing certain media groups and where you digest your news and how you absorb your information and this was kind of the main topic last week in regards to conspiracy theories why do you guys trust the media outlets that you do as opposed to the others? Well, I got a quick and easy answer. Yeah, please. They they don't get one a billion dollars from Trudeau. Like they're just they're just running on on guys like me giving them eight dollars a month to to try and fund their little private uh, journalism. Where the CBC and all them they're totally fed off the government. If the CBC didn't have our funding, it wouldn't make a week. It wouldn't make a week. Yeah, so, I think we all agree on that. Yeah. So those big media entities, to me, those are all like when you follow the states and you and you follow, they all lead up to Disney, Disney and Time Warner owning all of them. And then when you find out who's all invested in Time Warner and uh, Disney, oh, it looks like China owns a, a half of that. So when you follow the money streams and go all the way up to the top, it's pretty 
pretty quick. You see that they're all tied to the same. And look, China owns half of that too. So you have to ask yourself, uh, that stuff's all to me total, it's just a total write-off. Now, Ezra Levant, I see him as a, a Canadian loving patriot. Maybe he's a little brash for some. He's a lawyer by trade. I think all those people like uh, Kian and um, Sheila, Sheila Gunn, they're just, they're just Canadian loving people that see the country going down the toilet. And they got an outlet to try and show us uh, some some good media. Is every story factual? Most likely not. But to me, they're way more. <laughs> to me, to me, they're way more accurate than Ro Rosie. And this, I can't even watch the CBC. I just can't. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It, it is pretty. Go oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, I think it's funny you guys always bring up the CBC. I don't think anyone watches the CBC, so I don't really, I don't think you're really taking away any of their viewership. But, but sorry, Brad, go Ian Hemanensing is crying right now in his pants. Uh, just, <laughs> I like, I, I get where, I get where there's a healthy skepticism coming from. For like I said, follow the money. There, there is totally legit. Um, you do have, and to you go back to it, like Jeff. I'm a, I'm cynical too. Like I know. Fox News is bullshit, and I know CNN's bullshit, and I know That's BBC's right. bullshit, and I know CTV's bullshit. It's all bullshit, and you know it's nice to see some like when you do get like something that's really like catches you off guard. It's like, oh shit! Like, why is this not on the news cycle? Like, because either it's not sitting within that political spectrum, or you know, I don't know. It 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 they're deaf. It's biased. It's so biased. It's propaganda and it's entertainment for people as well you know but but the but the baby boomer generation that grew up on it they're totally cooked by it you, oh, you know, and that's a perfect segue because it's that's something i wanted you to bring up with jeff uh, you've and introduced it to me it's a book called boomers jeff and it talks about the boomer generation and uh their impact on our society and uh what we're dealing with right now as well you, you know i i I, I obviously didn't buy the book yet or read it, but I, I just, I, I was watching. <laughs> you can't give a book review if you haven't read it. <laughs> no, hang on. Look. For you. It Brad, seems like an interesting book to read Brad, though. Brad, Brad went a little far on me there, but anyways, yeah. uh, the, the story to it was. I, an expert on this, by the way. So I, uh, I, uh, I was watching and listening to one of my other favorite guys, Steve Bannon, and he had a, uh, <laughs> he got he, pardoned. He got pardoned. I, did I know. I know he did. And, and, Nas or who, who got pardoned? Lil, Lil Wayne and Lil, Kodak Lil Black. And, yeah. and, St and Steve had this um, um, writer on, Helen Andrews, and she had wrote a book, uh, Boomers it's called, and the title is The Men and Women... Um, the men and women who were who's, who were supposed to deliver freedom and delivered disaster. So that caught me at guard that it was, you know, you know, here's a heavy critique of the boomers. And I, I did happen to YouTube a few of her interviews about the book. And I don't really want to dive too deep into it because she touches on a lot of things. It, she does critique the boomer generation in a lot of ways. And I, I think it's worth, you know, someone who's interested in it, maybe looking at the book or watching some YouTube. But one thing she pointed out about the boomers is that they were such a massive, a massive amount of people that for the last 50 years, everything has revolved around them, everything. And, and she goes into great detail about um, kind of how the boomers, um, you know, did a bit of damage to culture, like, you know, the church, a more of a family oriented culture. And, and I just want to touch on those things. Cause I, like I said, I haven't read the book and I don't want to get carried away. Like I actually know every detail, but we should do a book club. 
I, I think you knock out like 25, 30 books a year. So I'm totally in for it. So. Yeah. And, I, I, I think this would be a good read. I, I did a little research on it uh, last night. And to be honest with you, um, you know, it, it speaks, it's, it's kind of spoke to me in the sense that, you know, that full generation of people, um, they went through a lot of stuff and they changed the world essentially. Right. You know, right from, you know, our viewpoint of television and being attentive to things, um, drug use, um, throughout their generation. Right. Bo was talking to me about that yeah. Uh, yesterday about yeah. how, you know, they went from, you know, a society with, you know, really little to no drug use to, you know, dabbling in marijuana. And then when the money came in the eighties, Everybody blow, blowing rails like Rick James, right? So, and 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 one thing, like you know, if we look at the world today, like we've been talking, how things kind of seem way off the rails. Like to me, they seem way off the rails. You have to almost start to look at, you know, who's been driving, who's been driving the ship for the last 40, 50 years. I'm a Gen Xer. You guys are uh, Gen X, or you know, yeah. and 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 I mean. Gen X hasn't been really driving, driving the train. We were a small generation to boot. The millennials would be the next ones that really get a helm at it. But so the boomers have been driving the ship for 50, 50 some years here. I mean, you know, even with Trump and Biden, they're both technically boomers. There's these boomers are still running the show and the show just the fucking train went off the rails and we're down the cliff and we're rolling. And, and, and to understand the kind of where, how we got here. And if you want to look at China and what's going on, you kind of have to look at that generation and dissect, you know, what, what really went on here for the last 50 years. Well, yeah, definitely. There was, there was changes in society that have been shaped by the generations that have come before. And uh, as I do think Gen X is probably going to be the short end of the stick, we're going to get bounced over and it's going to go right to the millennials, mainly because we're going to get beat at our own game to a certain extent. But yeah, but yeah, to, to your point, it's just like, what was the guiding principle of, uh, I'm not going to say the 70s and all like that, but the, the guiding principle of the 80s was consumerism and greed. And like the great, like, like Gordon Gecko said, greed is good, but, but that's, what's, that's, what's allowed everything to kind of fall into place in regards to, yeah, where's our manufacturing, where is power held within the government structure? Where's, where is the, where are the, sh the strings being pulled to a certain extent? And yes, our, our choice of how we spend our dollars uh, affects that. And the generation that's been putting money into the economy for a lot longer than we have has guided that. So yeah, it, it all may, it all adds up, of course. Like I, I sent Brad a text earlier tonight. I just wanted to read the headline of it. China used more concrete in three years than the US used in an entire 20th century. And you know, when you think about that, that's a that's pretty major that China would pour more concrete in three years than we have the US did in, in an entire century. So the, I think the boomers in this last 50 years, we've been so caught up with uh, just really not being a very productive society at all, caught up in our own narcissism of education and bullshit. Like it takes 15 years in Canada to approve a pipeline and possibly build it. 15 years. We're talking 10 to approve Trans Mountain. It's still not built. What has China accomplished in 15 years? I think it's built like five or six fucking cities. Oh, so, yeah. They, they North, North America has been set up to fail under these boomers. And I mean, I'm not blaming the boomers, but it just seems like this, this whole system that we're running is so inefficient and just so nonproductive 
that I just can't see how we can swing this around. Well, it kind of goes back to, you know, we actually talked about like, not this specifically in the last time we got together, but uh, if you, we, we kind of talked a little bit about, you know, don't talk about politics at the table. Don't talk about, um, you know, religion at the table and things like that. And that was fed to us, uh, our generation by our boomer parents. And, you know, and I'm sure a lot of families did the same thing because we were all worried about other things in our lives. We were worried about indulgences and, um, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff, right? TV was a big component growing up in everyone's life. I, I would, what did you do on, on Friday nights as a kid, you watch TV, you never talked about politics or, or anything in your life. You, no, you and probably watched Steve Urkel. And we're paying the price for that, Brad. Well, and I, I agree. I'm not, my dad listens to this podcast. So he'll be oh, listening. Really? To like, yeah, oh yeah, he, I, I, he figured it out on his iPad. He's oh, son of a bitch. You, <laughs> how dare you blame me for this? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I actually had thrown it to my parents, and my mom was quite intrigued and liked it. My dad first heard the first few minutes of uh, over being like basically druggies, and he was he's right offended. And I'm like, Dad, it's it's not it's not a direct hit at every boomer. It's an it's a big brush. <laughs> to paint over the entire generation, right? You being in Southern Saskatchewan, you're pretty much, uh, you're not even really equated to the boomer. I mean, you're in a, in a province of uh, zero influence. So, well, and going, doubling down on the point a little bit in regards to the indulgence and the kind of laziness that comes with that is like, look at the, look at the health epidemic that has taken place. Like we're talking about political issues, but just look at society. We are fatter, unhealthier, uh, we have more health problems than we ever have in the past. And it's because of that general attitude of indulgence. It's, I don't want to, I don't want to postpone my enjoyment. I'm not doing that. Therefore I don't take care of myself. Yeah, no, you're, no, you're right, Jeff. There's, uh, there's multiple issues. And, uh, unfortunately I think the boomers had a really nice run and, uh, Gen X and millennials kind of have a shit show here. Well, this generation, and I, I'm fearful to say that our children's generation, um, you know, it, it's funny. I knock Jason Kennedy a lot and, you know, I also praise him for different things. But recently I knock him a lot because he's really, he's dropped the ball a little bit. So um, to say the least, and I'll, I'll admit that. Um, but uh, one thing he did say at the beginning of all this is that the day of reckoning is coming. And a lot of people didn't listen to those words, but... The reckoning for taxes, for the payback of what this is going to, you know, impact our daily lives, you know, is coming and it's going to be painful. Maybe not for us, maybe for our children, though. And, uh, well, you know, this is an excellent point, Brad, that you just said, day of reckoning. And if we want to quickly touch again on conspiracy, question is, was it intentional or was it accidental? Because it leads into a really good, great reset when you completely cook the system. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell. Obviously, uh, everyone can have an opinion or a theory on why things are going the way they are. Um, I will once again point out: government ineptitude typically outweighs government conspiracy. Uh, as I said, we have, uh, we elect and we employ people who are really not good at their jobs. So, but but I will say this: the liberal government has been head, head, like completely focused on a green agenda. They've implemented their carbon taxes. They've said what they've gonna, they're going to do. They've tr- they're trying to turn Canada greener faster than 
yeah, they, that's right. That's as right. fast as they possibly can. That's and right. We're being left in the wake in Alberta and Saskatchewan and, and Manitoba and, and anywhere that's a God loving oil producing province. And Jeff, I heard you say that on the lad last podcast, that same sentence. And I would tend to agree with you, but there is a caveat to that is that the general government that we deal with, the, the, the liberal parties, the Republicans, all, all the people we see on TV, that's right. But there's a second side to government. I mean, the tech side, the military side, the military industrial complex, that side, we don't have any, I mean, we've got satellites in space. We've got, uh, spying software we've got so many things going on that we have no idea if you want to just paint the general puppetry of government that we get to see 100 percent. can they get everyone paid through phoenix and all that bullshit 100 percent. but there's a second side to that that we have no idea what's going on and i don't think that you could paint that side with the same brush that you painted it's just an incompetent mess it is not an incompetent mess it's a well-oiled machine and it definitely knows what it's doing well, I'll, I'll push back on the well-oiled machine a little bit. But yeah, no, I, I pointed out some of those examples in the last podcast. We have CIA acknowledgement of programs to introduce cocaine into the inner city right. for the purpose of funding Nicaraguan uh, Contra War. So yeah, yeah, no, you're right. There, there's definitely examples of where the government can pull up their socks and uh, get together. You're right. It's the, it's the non-elected crowd that's able to do so. And that's the power, that's the power crowd. That's the crowd that never really leaves power. We don't see it. You know, some people call it the deep state. Some people, the hidden hand is it's always in power. It never leaves what, what that all, you know, we still don't know, but I mean, right back to the great reset, I would like to say that if we're going to call the great reset, a real thing, I'm pretty sure it would be tied to the same group here behind the, behind the scenes. Like, you know, the puppetry, the puppetry that we see with Trudeau and all that's just kind of like uh, it's more like WWE, right? It's just there for us to think that there's a system that's really working. Well, it gets one side hot and it gets the other side horny. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the illusion of the democracy. Yeah. Well, I will, uh, if we're going to have this episode every six weeks, I'm going to finally go read up on the great, re- great reset. Cause I don't have a clue, which you guys are alluding to for the most part. And even, oh, Brad, uh, even Brad, it's a great reset, Jeff. It's a great reset. Everybody's talking about it. Even when I asked you about it last weekend, you're like, I watched a video with Trudeau. I don't know what it is. I'm like, so what's going on? You can't even, the great, the great reset. I mean, it's all over the world economic forum. I mean, they have their own commercial. It's not like they're hiding anything from you. They're telling you exactly what they want to do and and you've got prime minister Tri- trudeau saying this this pandemic is a perfect segue to bring it in the, the, none, of that, none of that is conspiracy that's all right there i mean you go to the world economic forum they will lay out the agenda by 2030 they're telling you we don't want anyone to have any private ownership you you won't own any property you know it's just it's all there's nothing conspiracy about it it's it's just like a it's just like reading a, a government form it's all right there I didn't say it was a conspiracy. I just said I haven't seen yeah. it. I haven't seen yeah. it. Before, so. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, uh, it, you know, I touched on this on the last um, pod t- podcast we had, and I, I'll maybe just slip it in again. I think at the end of the day, we have to stop talking left, right, uh, conservative, liberal. We have to start talking global government versus uh, democratically elected uh, um, uh, democracy government that we think we've had up till now. At the end of the day, that is the that is the main topic for everyone to think about. Do you want a global system 
making all the rules for us because that's where we're at right now? Or do you want to allude back to a populist, nationalist, uh, your mayors and your councillors and uh, people that you live among are making your rules? Because if you do, we need to get back over to that side of the tracks because right now we're on the tracks of the UN, the WHO, and every big global entity that we have no say with and no elected people, they are now ruling what, what goes on. Hence our pipelines, hence our healthcare, hence everything that's going on right now is done by unelected people outside of Canada. Trudeau is Trudeau is the poster boy for that for that world. He is the poster that. boy. You need to do a podcast. <laughs> you need to do a podcast. I you can't wait till like summer or spring. Yeah. I don't think every six episodes is going to be doing justice, but, but I, I guess then I'll, I'll bring it back to the original news story that we are talking about. So is that all the basis of uh, you guys believing that Trudeau is using the RCMP as an enforcement agency against free speech? Well, if that's real, because we didn't, you didn't really answer the, the question. You are like, Oh, I'm going to burn through it in a second. I just want to hear yeah, you say that. you yeah, wait, If it's real, because it, you did point out some pretty, you know, I'm like, eh, maybe that isn't real. But if that's real, yes, that is a government uh, uh, taxpayer funded uh, police force, our police force. The they're, they're essentially the, the same as the FBI in the United States, um, the federal, the feds, as Keenan Bexty would say, um, coming to someone's house and lightly in the most Canadian way possible, you should uh, you should probably well, watch what you're doing. Well, Jeff, if I could jump in quick, that's a kind of a question that I think there's like, what about the Wee scandal? Zero investigation. What about the SL, SNC Lavalin invest uh, scandal? Zero investigation. The RCMP, it 100% clear to me is the Trudeau liberal lapdog. They aren't doing anything to look at Trudeau. Uh, he's broken, he's broken more laws than any prime minister we've had. Uh, we've got Chinese over here training with the military. We had CSIS throw an alarm up about that about five years ago to us saying, Hey, we got major issues with China coming over here and how involved we are with China. RCMP aren't doing shit. Haven't heard from CSIS. It's a total fucking runaway. And, 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 and if you're blind to the fact that the RCMP is totally uh, no longer operating in the betterment of Canadians, you're just, you're just not paying attention. All right, it's just so, a total. It's a total write-off. But SNC Lavalin alone is enough for a, for a major RCMP investigation. Oh, that, that, that that French pressed coffee you just pressed is kicking in. Yeah. you're right. There there was no there was no criminal investigations. But I will, the Chinese army didn't come over here. They the Canadian military shut that down before they came over to train. I know Trudeau wanted them to come over. Uh, 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 actually, though they they did they, no. There's a little bit more to that. They did come over and train. They had trained. There's pictures of them running around with snowmobiles and working with the. And then they were coming over for a second time. And then the news leaked out, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is going to look real bad. Let's shut that down." So you're right. They shut it down, but they had been over here priorly training. And there's actually a bunch of them in Red Deer Chinese training to uh, training to fly planes out of the Red Deer. Um, small um, airport. So the, the Chinese, and, and, and I just read on the post-millennial this week that uh, BC police trained 2,000 Chinese police officers uh, in the last five years in Vancouver. So the Chinese have been sending police over to get trained by the, our Canadian police. The military have been working with the Chinese back and forth, and we're training Chinese how to fly in Red Deer. That's all fact. Oh, the invasion. Their invasion plans are being, being made right now. 
But okay, but um, before you ever see Red Dawn, before we get back into the story, but uh, I I feel like I'm yelling. Am I yelling? Like, do I seem like I'm yelling? A little bit animated. animated. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm my. I feel like I'm yelling again. I, it's a podcast. I shouldn't be yelling. I don't know why I get yelling. Theoretically, if the RCMP is teaching other countries police officers how to properly conduct an investigation or how to police without human rights violations, is that not a good thing? No, because they're a communist country. Hang on, Jeff. Hang on. You walked into another one, bud. The, I didn't walk into the first one. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the Jeff. China has uh, Muslim Uyghurs in concentration camps. This is documented. Why we don't even need to talk to China? They shouldn't even be. They shouldn't even be in our country. We should pull everything that's Chinese out of here. Oh, we're we we rely on them. Where do we get? No, actually, actually, Brad, if you study economics, our GDP versus theirs. If we 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 do more good for them than they do for us. Yeah, the wheat, some of Saskatchewan would hurt, but we could we could shed a China. We will survive. Australia is shedding China. Everyone needs to wake up. China is a disaster. You got the NBA. Was pretty much bought and paid for by China, but and they're running around kneeling for BLM. But meanwhile, they're cutting organs out of Muslims in a concentration camp. Like, get your shit together, people. Like, is that true? It, because I don't know if that's no, that, that's that is, true. That is true. Yeah, there, there is there. That's well documented, and there's a great documentary you can watch. About Jesus yeah. Murphy, that's what? what I'm talking about, Brad. China I, is not up for discussion. China I needs was, to get the fuck out of here. I was just enlightened. I was just Big enlightened time. today on those Canadian Lads podcast. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah so as you, there so are as the human rights violations taking place on this planet. It'd be naive. But that's what I mean, Jeff. Like, you, you say, well, isn't that a good thing? And it's like. I, did, I, I, I didn't say China. No, I, said, I know. I didn't say China. I know. China. <laughs> I, I said RCMP teaching other countries how to police. Are there, no, that's great. Teaching other countries is great. But uh, my opinion is if it's China, they're. They're 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 spying on us. I don't are, know why. What, what are they what are, what are they teaching them? How to cut out organs in a concentration <laughs> camp? Like what what no, what are we even talking to that that's, people? That's the reverse training. Yeah, like that, that's what we're learning. I think at the end of the day, every every citizen in Canada needs to quickly get awoke to China. China is now the Nazis of today. They are. I don't care what anyone says. No, they are. Chinese they are government. Then let's be clear. Yeah, the CCP. You're right. The I will CCP. correct myself. The Chinese people are good people. The CCP. In fact, I'm I'm torn. I don't know whether I should join the the CCP because I think they've already won. I might just become a member and, and join them, or else keep fighting them. They but either way, you. they're gonna listen. They're listening to this podcast as we speak. <laughs> that's right. That's right. that actually that actually would be pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, China would go way up. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. Jeff, yeah. Jeff, and Brad. China is a. I think every day going forward, China is going to become a bigger picture. People need to get dialed in on China. Uh, yeah, uh, Bo, I'm not disagreeing with you on the human rights violations and everything that goes on there. I, I agree with you. There, there's the human rights violations, the the uh, everything that goes on that. Same thing with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. It's like when you look at the evidence of how they treat their people, treat uh, – there's a great documentary I haven't get, had a chance to watch about that journalist who got chopped up in the, in the palace. But, yeah, should we be doing business with countries that treat their human beings like we would like our human beings to be treated? Yeah, that would be best. And, and Iran – they're hanging yeah. national heroes, Olympic champions. They're That's hanging right. them in the streets so, to make them an example of them. So, so demonstrating against the government. I'd just like to point one more thing out. 
So Davos, do you both know what Davos is? That's in Switzerland, right? Yeah. Well, Davos is a big uh, conference every year where the world elites come together, the bankers, all the, the world superpower of banking, business, uh, Apple, the, the the powerful people of the world meet there and talk about stuff. Do you know who the guest opening net speaker is? It's uh, it's the head of China, the CCP. Uh, sh- uh, what's his name? Um, uh, I can't think of his name off the top I, of my I head. I can't help you out, Bo. Yeah, no. Uh, I would Xi, make it Xi, up, but I pre- don't pre- know. President, President Xi. They call him Xi. Xi. Yeah. And yeah. he's the guest speaker, the, no, the keynote speaker. Uh, so you have to, when you, we talk Great Reset, Conspiracy, China, all this links up. You got China, who's who's pretty much basically taken over. Uh, the, he's the lead key speaker at Davos every year. Um, all the big corporates are tied to China. I mean, this, we didn't even get a chance. You know what? It's it's nine twenty four. We're almost probably done our podcast. We didn't even get a chance to talk on big tech social or uh, censorship, which is a total topic in itself. I mean, we've got major issues with China. Yeah. Big well, time. I want to. I, I want to close it out on this topic because I found it very interesting. Um, Jeff, you're not a big social media guy. No, I have been a big social media guy. I'm actually getting disgusted with it just for other reasons other than politics and stuff like that. But Bo, you you've actually done something quite interesting. You've you've turned off a little bit. Yeah, I did. After Twitter did what they did to Trump and and uh, what they the censorship, I was so appalled. I just I totally deleted Twitter. I will not I will not sponsor be a part of anything like that. Um, I never had a Facebook account. I'm glad I didn't. Uh, my Instagram account, I kind of used, it's kind of more of a candy land, you know, looking at stuff that you would like that kind of gives you enjoyment. I so, tried to kind of delete, book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to delete my Instagram kind of quickly and found out that uh, it's not that easy. It's a bit of a big, a bit of a procedure. So I took everything off of my Instagram and kind of like took my name and just kind of put like a little, a little flag or something up there. And I, and I just look, but I don't interact with, it. I don't post on it. I just, I'm kind of so my my principle my principles with uh, big tech right now with the censorship I'm so offended by what they did that I just can't I cannot I will do as little as I can to be involved with Twitter Instagram like the censorship I just I just cannot at all I don't care if you don't like Trump to me that was way over the line and, and it was actually a major violation of the Constitution you can't do that in the United States you can't censor the president of the United States. So I, I just don't know. Uh, we're we got big problems ahead, and and I just won't. By principle, I will not entertain any of that. If it's if if you're a company that's woke, you're not a company for me. I'm not getting woke with uh, with a bunch of uh, censorship. I want to have to say something. <laughs> uh, I don't have it. No, but but um, Bo is. Uh, I actually don't disagree with anything he's saying. Um, I. Quite frankly, I don't believe that Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Parler, whatever you have, I don't think that's the the end of the road when it comes to avenues in regards to expressing yourself. So, but at the same time, if you if you say, "Hey, I don't like how they're treating people," and they're trying to they convey a message, this private company doing their thing, hey, I get it. I would walk away from it too. It's 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 Bo is voting with his dollar. Which is That's exactly right. what our what we, the strength we have as citizens. That's the way you go about it. Yeah, I I, I, I think we got to end it on that note because we're coming up on an hour here, and that's it, yeah. 
and and I just just back to Rebel Media. I don't get any of the extra content. I just give him eight bucks a month for principal. I like what he does. He deserves my eight dollars. I don't get. I don't even use the extra content. It's just principal. I'm once again supporting him with my dollar. If I could cancel every penny that went to CBC, I would. Yeah, fair enough. And that's exactly what the subscription thing is for. That, that, that's yeah. exactly, you vote with your dollar. It's perfect. I do, that before we let Bo go though, because I know it sounds like he passed on the story that we originally started talking to you. Is that yeah. correct? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give a quick second of bursting through this just because I I did do, uh, I did re-listen to it again to make sure I wasn't out of my mind. But, but okay. And I'm going to prefix this with, I have nothing against rebel media or anything like that. I don't actually, I haven't read it. It's not fair for me to judge it accordingly. I, I just, it's a media company that I'm aware of because of its presence and Bo's love of it. So it's fantastic. So here's my problem with the story at hand. And we probably are going to have to probably introduce this story a little bit better than we did, but okay. First off, I don't actually particularly think the DOD letter is anything, anything nefarious. It is effectively saying that, as a armed, as a military member who went to go compete at the military games, you may have been exposed in October to the Wuhan COVID virus. Uh, if the plane, in fact, was quarantined, it was well. It was three months before the letter came out, so this the people who were possibly affected by it had already probably dealt with it, already shown symptoms. If they did in fact catch it, the guy did say that they were uh, potentially exposed, and then about a minute later in the video says they were definitely exposed and quarantine was required. Uh, the cops who showed up at his door, plain clothes, no identification. Uh, if, quite frankly, if a couple uh, strangers showed up at my door and said, hey, we're with the RCMP or EPS, we need to talk to you. I'd be like, all right, well, I need to see your badge or a card or something that identifies you before we're going to have this conversation. If they give me that, I'm posting that all over the damn video. I'm showing badge numbers. I am showing names. Uh, anything else is just unverified, which, as I said, which is a huge hole for me. The other thing is, too, is he goes, well, my boss is in Ottawa. Nobody says their boss is in Ottawa. Nobody says uh, my head office is in uh, London, England or anything like that. You go, yeah, I got a boss in Calgary who dispatches me out here. He's the chief of the RCMP for there. Anything else is just complete junk, in my opinion. Uh, He also says that, hey, we're we're talking to you about a particular... uh, clause that says that you can't share vital information. Or, sorry, we need to ensure that you're not sharing information that could be um, uh, dangerous to the public, effectively. And he goes, you can Google it. Well, no, if you fucking came in to enforce anything or even uh, mildly, you'd be like, hey, listen, man, clause blah, blah, blah says you need to do this. Also, if I'm going to send the RCMP, I'm sending CSIS. I'm sending somebody who knows what they're talking about. So it's all these things together. I'm just like, all right, he made a good video. Congratulations. It's the end of the day. I like, the, I like the, I like, I like this because it, 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 it questions reality again, back to conspiracy theory. Did, did he make it up? Well, I, I, I mean, Jeff put some good holes in it for sure. I, I just, I think rebel, I mean, whether every bit of that story is legit for sure is up for question. I, I wouldn't doubt that, but I don't think rebel being that as big as they are, they're not a small little tiny, they're fairly big newscasts. They're all They're in Australia. They're in, they're in Europe. They're, they're making a name for themselves. I just, I don't know if Ezra would let his business take, you know, I don't, I mean, there's repercussions for completely outright bullshitting 
if if you're small media, like if you're a CBC, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're not media anyways. You're just you're just talking <laughs> points. All, all you do all you do is print a retraction on page fifty six yeah. of your newspaper. Yeah, but, but a small but rebels can do the exact same thing. Anyone can just say like yeah. on their website, hey, if you scroll down far enough, you'll find our retraction about that story. But and you don't hear from Keenan anymore. Yeah, but po- like post millennial and rebel and all them, they, they they do have a they have to remain somewhat of a reputation or they'll fall off the cliff tomorrow. I mean, a couple really bad stories would be the end of rebel. So, and I mean, I don't think Kean, like, I don't think Kean is by any means rebels. Um, you know, I, I, have seen lots of Kean's reporting. He's not them. He's not them. He's you either like Kean or you don't, I don't think he's the best face for rebel. Like rebel does have a little bit of a, a spotty past too. Right. But I don't know his past at all. You mentioned that before, but I, I I would say if you're somebody who doesn't consume rebel all the time and you're the first time watching was Kean, I would say probably not their most, um, cleanest reporter and it's a lot of sensational shit right it's like i've pro i've been hong kong i was in the protest in hong kong and i was all this and all these negative things like their stories always are uh, attacking stories the thing i like about rebel is that they're just giving you the other side yeah there's there's definitely going to be some stuff there that we can poke at but we're not getting any we're not really getting any news outside of the post millennial like these CBC or CTV, they're not giving, they're just giving us the talking points of what the, 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 the establishment wants you to know. That's all they're getting. They're not questioning PCR tests. They're not questioning anything. They're just saying, uh, this is what Dr. Tam wants you to do. Like there's no debate. There's no question. There's no journalism running around. Is PCR tests actually really that authentic? Are they, are nobody's doing that on the establishment side. It's just like, this is it. This is the, this is the story. This is, this is it. And just, that's it. We, we don't have any journalism. Well, journalism I- is, is about going out and finding if there's bullshit from the government side. And we don't have any of that from the mainstream. There is no journalism on that side. The only one that I've seen a little bit from is the Globe and Mail. The Globe and Mail has broke a couple big stories, but I think they quickly get shoveled some cash and they're like, hey, yeah, you, you made your point. No, fuck off. Here's here's a couple hundred grand. <laughs> That's where I subscribe. So I, I do like the Globe right. and Mail. But, but the, globe, the, the Globe has broke some stories, but they don't ever, They it's like they a dog with a bone. Like they just bring it, they throw it on and they, they you know, they kind of let it lay there. They don't do anything with it. But I, the point I'm going to make is that I think, as a generality, I just burnt through a story for a reporter I know nothing about by a media source I don't, I've, I haven't visited yet. Visited yet, but we should all look at it that way. Rip it apart, dissect it. Doesn't matter where it comes from. Dissect it. Do a little research behind the facts. And if you go do that, you go, hey, by the end of the day, I still found that this article or this story was read. But, but, but hey. If I if I could just touch on that story, what would no? Now that we've all are clear on what China is and China has been, what was what were we even doing there, Jeff? That's my question. What were we even doing there in the first place? That's the only question that needs to get asked. What were we even doing there? I don't care about the virus. <laughs> I don't care about hey, what the fuck were we doing there? Okay, well that's a topic for another evening. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I, 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 I can't wait for the 18th. I'm 18. <laughs> Episode 18 of those Canadian lads. Bo is coming fired up. Yeah. All right, well, we have plenty of things to touch on when Bo comes and visits us again, and we're all looking forward to that, of course. So uh, I think we'll leave it at that for the time being, and we'll be burning up the streets once more with Bo, hopefully sooner Bo, than 18. 
Well, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. I think uh, you know we're always excited to uh, to get your insight on things, and you know we didn't even touch on Saskatchewan a lot. We we touched a lot on the uh, the communist country of China, uh, but uh, I was enlightened, so that was awesome. Uh, but no, thanks for coming on. Uh, looking forward to having you on again, and uh, I think we really got to get some research done on the Great Reset. So thanks again, Bo. I'll read up on yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I enjoy it, and I'm pumped for the next one. Oh, man. Bo, thanks again for joining those Canadian lads. I think uh, we covered a lot of topics tonight. Jeff, thoughts on uh, our interview with our Saskatchewan correspondent? Bo from Saskatchewan. Uh, No, as as once again, thanks for Bo for coming on. It is always great to have him on as a guest. Um, To the dear listener, I'm going to once again remind everybody that on those Canadian lads, we are here to express ourselves. We're here to talk about issues that we think are important and we're expressing our own opinions. And Brad and I have always kind of hoped to bring that kind of uh, an avenue for that, where we can express what we would like to talk about thoughts, feelings we have about the world around us. And with any guest, we're going to allow them the same leeway that we've always had. Now, if it went way off the rails, yeah, we just won't even hear the podcast, so you wouldn't know any better. But you know, I I, I do think it's it's important to say that, like, that we're here to express ourselves. We're here to talk about things that are important to us. Bo brought up numerous topics that were important to him, and quite frankly, when you're talking about stuff like human rights issues, um, uh, passion for your own country, concerns about the message in the media, regardless if I disagree or agree, you know, he's expressing himself, and he's doing a pretty good job of doing so. You know, the biggest thing, too, of having conversations, and I've learned this from someone in my life, is that, you know, you get the chance to learn about something uh, from someone. And tonight, I honestly did not know about the harvesting of human organs. Uh, That's something new to me. And if, if you guys are saying that's true, that's, like, monstrous. Like, that's crazy. Well, and I, I think you touched on something really important here. We, we discussed media and where we gather our information. And I can I can tell from the conversation that I'm going to have to do a little bit of reading up on where Bo is, uh, you know, grabbing his news. I'm not casting judgment on it by any measure because I haven't read any of it. But I, I think the important thing is, though, is if we, if we all gather information from different areas and from different people and we have these conversations, you do learn quite a bit of what's going on because not everything's going to reach you. There, there's not one news source or one friend who can tell you everything you need to know about what's going on in the world. So you have one of these conversations, differences of opinion, expressing, but then there's some things that come along, like we discussed about the harvesting of the organs, and that's legit, and that's a human rights violation. It's something we should be concerned about. Yeah, no, for sure. And like... Yeah, that that honestly, like I'm still kind of in shock about that, to be honest with you. Oh. Again, I learned something tonight. I did not know that. And I was kind of like taken aback with it. And uh, you're right, though, to be able to have a, a, a safe space to uh, express your opinions, no judgments, um, you know, I think is exciting. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to, is it going to be episode 18 uh, it seems that's going to be the good trend when we have Bo back, and we better get uh, uh, well educated on the Great Reset and uh, I, see if we can poke holes and 
or agree uh, with with regards to maybe there is a conspiracy theory around that. And, uh, you know, like we mentioned in the last podcast, some of these conspiracy theories have ended up being true, um, like the topic to short UFO, UAP. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm not going to let the 666 thing go, obviously, if Bo is going to show up every six episodes, so it's going to be fun. <laughs> but, but I, there, was, there was something, and we're talking about uh, freedom of expression and an avenue to give opinions and talk about these things. Uh, we talked about uh, in generality in public and amongst family and friends, we don't discuss matters of politics and money and there's those taboo subjects that we shy away from. And depending on the company around you, it's it might not be a bad idea to kind of consider that. But if you're able to have that opportunity to have that conversation and freely express yourself amongst friends and you know, it's a it's a great it's 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 better for this for society if we get to all learn about what each other's beliefs are and where we're coming from in regards to what we find is important. Or you're always stuck in your own head, and I don't need to listen to little Jeff talk all the time because he's a maniac. So, you know, you make a great point about that, and it kind of aligns with uh, tomorrow's. Uh, I think Bell Media's uh, uh, was it Mental Health uh, Awareness Day. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, this this podcast has allowed us to, uh, in one of the darkest times in, in our generation, um, we've talked about this offline, but uh, an opportunity not to only to learn a little bit about each other. Uh, we've known each other for over 20 years, but we're learning new things about each other every day. But also, like you said, get little Brad, get little Jeff out there to talk about things that we care about or we're interested about. And uh, I think, you know, to kind of bring this up is episode 12 of those Canadian lad podcast. Uh, do you think we've, do you think we would have gotten this far at the start of this? What's your thoughts on how we've progressed and where we've gotten Jeffrey? Oh, full name me too. So I got to give my in-depth thoughts on it. Uh, no, I'll be honest. Um, uh, we've alluded to it on a previous podcast, but you and I did take a swing at this once before. And, um, uh, you know, for reasons, uh, we stopped doing it. Uh, one of the main reasons was, is because I wanted to stop doing it, not because of the fun we were having or the contents we were discussing. It's just that in my mind, I, I had set it aside as something that I didn't have enough value in. And I regret that. Um, then when we started this again and started toying with the idea of coming back and doing it, you know, to me, I, I'm like, stop making the excuses for it. You enjoy doing this with somebody you like talking with and somebody you like hanging out with. So I got it back out of my own head and allowed it to happen. But if you had asked me on episode one, what number are you guys stopping at? It probably wouldn't have been 12 plus, but no, I'm, I'm glad we made it this far. It's, this, is, uh, this is definitely something that I, I hope continues going, for sure. I'm, I'm really excited uh, for the future for this podcast. I think uh, uh, as we spread our net a little bit, uh, we're getting a lot of positive feedback. Um, hasn't been many negative feedback from a lot of listeners. It seems like a lot of people have, uh, have uh, liked the chemistry of, of what we're talking about uh, and uh, what we're bringing to the table. And, uh, you know, hopefully that uh, we get some nice feedback in regards to maybe what people would like us to talk about in the future, get our viewpoints on th- certain things. And uh, I know for a fact that uh, we'll be bringing in different guests uh, outside of our network and kind of taking a, a leap of faith into a new kind of realm on the podcast where we're going to talk to people that we generally don't know 
and uh, you know, it, it'd be kind of interesting to kind of get some uh, some different uh, viewpoints on what's going out there in society. If we're crazy, if we're you know we're we're going down the right path, uh, especially around the topics that we love. So. I, I do wonder if uh, the general listener is listening to us and instead of critiquing us or giving their true thoughts on it, they're like, oh, look at these two puppies eating paste. They'll be dead soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? Okay, so I'll give you some insight on <laughs> the analytics of our podcast. So we have somebody who's listened and downloaded our podcast from the state of Virginia on multiple occasions. So either there's multiple people listening from Virginia or there's somebody out there that truly enjoys listening to our podcast. I don't know anybody from Virginia. I also don't know any of the listeners who are listening to us from Italy. So that is pretty cool. Oh, I, yeah. News to me. Uh, shout out to Virginia. Shout out to Italy. Thanks a lot for listening. Um, I'm shocked to hear it, frankly. But but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think uh, we're going to spread that uh, net a little further here as we kind of roll through 2021 and, uh, and give you, the lads, the Canadian lads, uh, more of us. Ooh, I, th- I, think, I think when we have to rebrand, I think you, you came up with the name there. The lads. It's like the boys on Amazon, but um, more more (laughs) (laughs) old-fashioned. Well, obviously, we we put together a fairly long one today. Um, Our conversation with Bo uh, was interesting, intense. Um, I think we all, you know, had some good ideas, some good thoughts about what, how we perceive the world around us. Uh, But yeah, I hope everyone who listens uh, thinks similar to what I just said, that it was interesting to listen to. No, fantastic. And uh, before we take off and close shop on episode 12, uh, I would like your current thoughts on the state of the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, man. I, you know, uh, obviously the season's not going according to plan. And soon as Mike Smith was hurt before he even played it, a game, obviously the plan kind of fell apart. Um, I don't believe Koskinen was ever intended to play eight games straight or whatever he's at now. Um, I will admit uh, that last game against the Jets, um, you know, they looked decent and then the wheels came off in the third, I believe. Matt, I I was dejected. I I was like, I, I walked away from the TV. I went upstairs to do some stretching before uh, getting ready for bed because that's what I do. I'm an old man. I go stretch to make sure I don't get hurt when I get into bed. But I had too many tributes until I turned it back on. But Matt, I was, I was like, I'm not watching this. <laughs> this is, this is too much for me. And yourself? Oh, I was waiting for you to respond. I, um... I, 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 <laughs> I can see you nodding. <laughs> You know what? Uh, I put both feet back, planted them hard back into the uh, the bandwagon. I currently am dragging one foot outside the uh, the wagon currently, and uh, I'm waiting for them to show me a little bit more uh, defensive play. Would be nice. Uh, they need to support their goaltender. It's not Koskinen's fault. Um, essentially, I think he's kept them in a lot of games. Uh, the third and fourth line shit the bed yesterday. Uh, in the game, it's currently what December or not December, January 29th, 2021. They played the Winnipeg Jets last night. They gave up three goals with a span of three minutes, uh, and it was all uh, the fault of their third and fourth lines, uh, in my opinion. 
And, uh, you know, McDavid scored late to make it uh, 5-4. Uh, too little, too late. You can't do that every night in the North Division now. Uh, the games are too tight. The games are, are too important. Um, this team hasn't even taken a game in the first eight games into an overtime game. There hasn't been even the extra point situation. So um, they better dig themselves out of a hole really quick. I'm not jumping off the bandwagon. I'm a diehard. <laughs> but, um, I was dejected the same way as you are, but I will be watching tomorrow night and every second night as they play. Uh, but t- tomorrow night they're taking on the mighty Toronto Maple, Maple Leafs who just uh, riled up uh, Matthew Chuchuk. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see some of these rivalries start get heated. And plus, we haven't even played the the like we played the Le- or the the Flames ten times. Uh, I think we played the Canucks another eight times. Um, there's a lot of season left, oh, yeah. uh, but they got to get their poop in a group and uh, get things moving. Before we jump off, uh, we'd briefly discuss the Kachuk uh, incident in Toronto, a quote unquote incident, depending on what side of the fence you're on. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, him coming down on Campbell there? He's a dirtbag. <laughs> like, that's complete gamesmanship on his part. He wasn't going to hurt the guy. People are overreacting a little bit, but like, he's going to get tuned up hard one of these days. Like, somebody's just going to like dummy him and just bloody him up a little bit. I don't know if that'll affect him. I think his just DNA is wired that way. I think he just wants to play like a dickhead and, uh, you know, and is a dickhead when he's out there on the ice. So I don't think you change that. And to be honest with you, uh, we missed out on him. He almost, so, um, yeah, we have Jesse Pugliarvi who's starting to show some, some worth here now. So I'm okay with that. But, uh, Guys like Brad Marchand and guys like Matthew Tuchuk, um, we'd kill to have them on our teams. But I just hope it's an oiler who tunes them up. I hope Darnell grabs him one night and um, rearranges his face, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too proud to admit that if uh, if he had slid or they had gra- grabbed him uh, at that third spot, I'd probably have a Kachuk jersey because that's the kind of guy I like, too. So. Oh, totally. <laughs> so. Totally. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was gamesmanship as well. I think you, you had planned that. Any, any other story of it is off, but, but no, um, obviously, uh, ten more games against them. Um, you know, you're right. The season is still young. Plenty of time to bounce back. Uh, and quite frankly, too, it's just like much like any other regular season. You don't have to be hot at the beginning. You just have to be not out of it. You can get hot at the end and sail into the playoffs and catch catch a wave so hopefully hopefully that's the master plan well you know what jeff the best part of the week is pod podcast night for me it's uh we generally record these on wednesday nights i thoroughly enjoy our opportunity to not only sit down and chat with each other but we brought in some interesting people so far over the past uh, 12 episodes now um so on that note uh i want to thank say thank you and let's uh let's keep it rolling Excellent. I am totally in. Thank you very much for tuning in, and everyone, have a wonderful evening.